Well, it's been a, a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books, Faith Like Potatoes. You might be asking yourself a question, where did a name like that come from? Well, I can honestly tell you it never came from me. There was a Scottish preacher, Peter Marshall. He had an incredible way with words. They say that students used to come and sit in the back of his meetings just to hear him speak the English language. And he said to his students one day, you must have faith, faith that is tangible, faith that you can touch, faith that you can see, faith like <laughs> potatoes. Chapter 10, planting in the dust. If you give us the best crop we have ever had in the worst season we have ever experienced, then I will know for definite that you have called me to preach the gospel full time and that I must release the complete farming operation entirely into your hands. I stood solemnly in the Lord's presence as I said those words. It was not a light vow that I made. We have had some really bumper crops in the last 30 years that Jill and I have been farming. Planting was scheduled to begin at the 23rd of October and it was already the 28th of October. We were running late because I had been away from the farm ministering the gospel campaign at the town of Newcastle. I anticipated that the other farmers in the district would be very busy planting. And I looked around in astonishment as we drove towards Greytown. None of the farmers were planting. The whole district was as quiet as a morgue. Lord, I prayed, what's happening? Planting should have already begun. You've given us such a lovely farm with some of the best soil types in the whole country, but there's no rain. The ground was dry and dusty and hard. Nobody had been able to plow, let alone plant a crop of seed maize. I went to my office early the next morning to spend time with the Lord. I'm not complaining, Lord, but you know what we have been doing these last few days. We have been bringing in the harvest of souls that you told us to do. I thought when I got back on the farm, at least it would be raining. I looked out the window. There wasn't a sign of rain. The sky was a beautiful shade of blue, not a cloud in sight. It was not even hot enough to warrant a flash flood. I heard footsteps at the door. It was Simeon Bengo, our foreman. We always prayed together every morning before work started. I love this big, strong Zulu with his big handlebar moustache and the warmest smile I've ever seen on any man. We greeted each other warmly with the Zulu greeting, Sobornum Fuetu, which means greetings, brother. Jesus was faithful as always, Simeon, and the fire fell at the campaign in Newcastle. Miracles took place, and there are many people that found Jesus. He beamed from ear to ear. That is good news, he said. In Corsi, the king is great. But Simeon, I sighed, what is happening here on the farm? Everything is so dry and there is no sign of movement anywhere. The other farmers aren't doing any planting. What are we going to do? Akulutum fuetu, he replied, doesn't matter. But Simeon, this is serious. Look, he said, let's go and plant the crop. We are late already. Simeon, you don't have to be an agricultural graduate to know that you don't plant seed into dry ground. You wait for the rain to fall first. That big strapping Zulu foreman looked me straight in the eye. 
his voice filled with total conviction and absolute authority. Brother, you have just come back from a mighty revival, and you have seen God move powerfully with signs, wonders, and miracles every day. Can you not trust the Lord to bring rain on our maize crops? Why are you not prepared to plant in the dust and believe Jesus to bring the rain? I felt thoroughly rebuked as I repented on the spot in front of my foreman. I asked the Lord to forgive me, and then I asked Simeon to forgive me. You are right. Let's go and get the tractors out and the maize planter. We'll load up the big trailer with fertilizer, hitch up the discs and the plows, and get rolling right away. It was quite something to see the convoy of tractors and equipment going down into the maize fields. You could see the dust rising for miles around. I'm sure the other farmers were thinking that we had really gone over the top this time. We worked hard. When it was all finished, I gazed around on the dry, dusty fields. It was a solemn moment as I made that vow to the Lord. We have never prayed a crop through like that one. We would get a few drops of rain, just enough to germinate the seed, and the rain would go away again. I watched the seed struggling to push through the ground, slowly twisting and turning. Lord, I told him, your crop, your crop is dying. Just in time, more rain would fall. This happened over and over again. Some of the other farmers in the district decided to wait for enough rain before planting. And as a result, they planted very late and ended up with complete crop failures. I think we had more calluses on our knees than on our hands as our miracle crop continued growing slowly but surely. Andrew, our oldest son, came home from university where he was studying agriculture. You both look very tired. Why don't you go away for a few days and I will look after the farm for you. By this time, the entire crop had been planted and was standing knee high. In its full grown stage, it was a critical time for the crop and rain was desperately needed. There was nothing further we could do. It was up to the Lord. Andy loves the Lord every morning, would find him in my office, having his quiet time and praying for rain. One very dry, hot day, he took the pickup and went out into the middle of the fields. At around about midday, the sun was blazing down on the dry crop. Around two o'clock, he sat there praying. He saw big black clouds, heavy with rain, building up and moving towards the farm. Large drops of rain began to fall, and Andy jumped out of the truck in excitement, shouting and praising the Lord. He could hardly contain himself. Just as suddenly a strong east wind arose and blew the storm away completely. The young man was devastated. He watched the clouds move away to the mountains where he could see the rain pouring down in white sheets. Tears filled his eyes as he drove slowly back to the office. Crestfallen, Andy opened his Bible. Lord, what's happening? Why is the rain not coming? Dad and mom are serving you. All the prophets from the crop are going into the preaching of the gospel. Why, Lord, why? He looked down at the Bible. It was open at the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 4. He could hardly believe what he was reading. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Sorry, Lord, he said, forgive me for not trusting you. And when he woke up the next morning, a cold front had come up during the night with lots of gentle soaking rain. 
We learned many valuable lessons from that crop as the Lord showed us the importance of walking by faith and not by sight. It is important to never, ever give up, but to always trust the Lord unconditionally. At the end of the season, we reaped five tons of seed per hectare. It was the best crop I had ever harvested to date. The maize stalks had two cobs on each of them. Some even had three cobs. Truly miraculous for a drought year. Farmers and friends came to look at the fields and left dumbfounded. All praise and glory went to the great husbandman, the supreme farmer, the Lord King Jesus himself. Everybody knew this could only have been a miracle. We serve a covenant-keeping God. He always keeps his side of the agreement, and he expects us to keep ours. I bowed my head in thanksgiving and with determination to keep my side of the vow. Thank you for listening to this episode of Faith Like Potatoes. 